It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
I love you guys. That's who I love. What's up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Friday episode. We made it through the entire week. Uh, yeah, we made. There's very little uh, scars that happened this week. I don't even know what I'm saying right now, you guys. It is. <laughs> it's Friday at 1 a.m. I just got finished taking back-to-back notes on. Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 2. Yeah, yeah, we're going to cover that today. Sure, why not? Because Bravo were bastards and didn't put Real Housewives of Orange County on, and that's what we usually talk about, so that I'm scrambling, taking notes for shows. Just, I mean, this, just, Bravo hates me. Bravo hates me. And therefore, they hate you. And that's why we are at war with Bravo right now. March down to your local Bravo <laughs> Okay, it is late, and I'm not even, like, I feel drunk, and I'm not drunk at all. I haven't had a drop of alcohol, and I feel loopy and silly, and and you know what? So that sometimes is good. If you guys don't like the shows that are loopy and silly of So Bad It's Good, turn tune out. You can listen to Gabrielle Bluestone yesterday, great interview. You can listen to The Day Before, Perez Hilton, also a Summer House recap. You can listen to The Day Before that, Sophie Ross, Pop Culture Roundup. But let's get silly. Let's get stupid. So everybody that wants to get silly and stupid, stay. Everybody else, you guys leave. I'll talk to you again on Monday. But okay, so are they gone? Cool. So today, you guys, we're not only going to recap Vanderpump Rules Part 2 of the reunion. I gave you the highlights of Part 1. Jax is still an asshole. Uh, that's kind of what I got from it. <laughs> then, But I'm also going to recap. Miranda, Smith, Steve. Why did you leave me for KGS? I'm going to, for the first time, attempt to recap a And Just Like That episode. Uh, the show that asks, what if we came back and we're, we're bad? Like, we're, we're weirdly bad and we're all going to act like we don't live in the real world and that everything is new to us and it's very woke and bare. So I'm going to, I, I, I watched this week's episode and I just get enraged every time. I don't even know why, but also I have never felt this alive in my life when I watch this show. I'm like, yeah, like I, it, it fuels me. I, I want, I want a season two so bad now. Like I have never felt hate like this before and I really I've grown to love it so much where it's supposedly the last episode next week does anybody know if that's the case or not and it feels like they've got it feels like they've wrapped zero up like I don't even know how you would wrap everything up next week I don't even because new shit new weird shit is still happening we're following storylines of couples that I have no interest in that have no connection to the actual uh, first iteration of the show with Sex in the City so therefore we're going to recap one of those you guys guys and what how much fun <laughs> there's nothing funner than watching a, a straight guy with no fashion sense um talk about things like putting a tampon in which really was like i think the the a storyline of this entire episode of was charlotte teaching her daughter lily how okay so yeah and also if uh if you guys have kids you know maybe actually i usually say kick the kids out of the room you know, bring the kids in. This is, I think we can all learn something together. I'm going to explain to women, um, uh, this is just a man explaining exactly what a woman's body does. I am just finding out recently there's a thing, and if you've heard it before, I'm sorry, but if you have not, you're going to be blown away. It's called a tampon. Now, this is a thing 
It's like an object. It's like uh, like Sutton's face roller from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that keeps her calm. It's a smaller one of those, and I don't believe it's metal, but to be honest, I'm not sure it was just a TV show. And you put it in there when you have a period. Now, a period is a thing that comes like once or twice, I don't know, like once a week. It's like a, it, it comes often for ladies. And, um, but you don't have it for the first, uh, couple of years of your life if you're a girl and then you get it and then you, you're going to, ble- so you need something to get that in, you know, to, to be protected so you can go to swim parties. Cause that's what Lily, the daughter wants to go to a swim party. She, she needs to learn to put a tampon in. So it's a very big, a big episode. And I've got to ask my mom, I, I, I've got to ask Becky Bailey and you guys, are going to groan, but I am, I'm going to have them on the pod. I think next week, Bill and Becky Bailey, and I need you guys to remind me to ask them. I want to know if my mom taught my sister how to use a tampon or if my mom didn't. And my sister was just out there in the wilderness, not like literally out there in the wilderness, but like literally did not know what to do. So I feel like this is big family information because as a dude, I mean, first off, we've talked about this, this whole, like you women, you have it so fucking hard. Like you have to like, th- you, this thing happens every month and that's just so you can like, like birth people like me, like, like me. That's why you're in pain is so you can birth the entire of the, hu- the entirety of the human race. And then somehow men have still managed to wrestle power away from women. And it's like, how's that possible? Women created the men. There's no way men can exist without the women. It's why I, it'll blow my, now I feel like I'm stoned. Like, hey, did you ever think about, like, there could be no men without women? Ugh. You know what it is? I took a nap uh, where I didn't plan to take a nap today, you guys. And I think it's, uh, it frightened me, but it also gave me more <laughs> energy at 1 a.m. to actually do a podcast where I was like, I was taking notes very happily. And I kept stopping to think about, sex in the city and i would just sit there and ponder che diaz and miranda's relationship now if you guys don't uh watch sex in the city this new iteration uh i'll put timestamps on where vanderpump rules starts and where sex in the city starts the recaps but you know what i would say is if you if you haven't watched it let me see if i can entice you to possibly never watch it ever in your whole life if you hear this recap so it could work on multiple multiple levels also somebody asked me today where the script where the timestamps are so in the descriptions if you go to the description and you scroll towards the end it says these are the timestamps and i usually put it right after the mashup because i know some people don't like the music which is like how can you not like mashups but whatever and then i'll do show notes and then i'll usually put it again where the show starts now somebody reached out to me uh, to be an intern, and I'm, I shit you not, for real, I've got to actually email her back. She's a college student, and I was like, that is wild. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe I should make her, <laughs> so sad, make her actually do more, uh, like, more detailed timestamps. Like, okay, he starts talking about Pete Davidson right here, you know? But just how that sounds like a horrible job, and I feel like I would... It's like almost cruelty to someone, but I, I, you know, so I usually just do timestamps for the big things. Um, yeah. Um, also I decided since I want to have fun tonight, I'm not going to talk about 
Jenny's ridiculous Facebook or, you know, her whole Facebook deal where she got fired from Salt Lake. She then went on an IG live and, you know, said she blamed her social media management. Uh, She also had her friend, an African-American man with her. Um, and that should prove that's supposed to prove something. But anyways, I'll talk more about that on Monday with Sophie and I'll actually put the sound clip in, but I kind of want to have fun and I don't want to like, I want to be smooth and like, you know, like sometimes you just want to be silly and goofy and you don't want to like think about the horrors of the world. So that's kind of where I'm going with this right now. And then on Monday we will talk about some of the horrors of the world. If not with Sophie, I'll do it in the intro. Um, some quick news, you guys. Uh, Big Brother. I don't know if anybody watches Big Brother. There's like Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, also, oh, oh, this has nothing to do with Celebrity Big Brother, but I started playing that Wordle game, W-O-R-D-L-E, yesterday. I finally got suckered into it, and I found out I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I'm... It turns out I can't spell. Like, you know how ashamed I am that everybody on Twitter is like, look at me in Wordle. I'm so good at it. And then I try Wordle for the first time, and all I get from it is that, like, holy fuck. Fuck, I am stupid as hell. Do you guys ever do that where you get amazed by your own stupidity? Where you're like, I knew it was bad, but I had no idea it was this bad. Like, remember that uh, Adam Sandler movie, Billy Madison, where he went back to school? Like, he went, like, you know, he went through the entirety of elementary school and junior high and high school again. Um, really solid movie. Uh, very realistic. But I-, I was like, sometimes I'm like, should I go back? Like, I should start it. Like, I... If you guys ask me to do some kind of like, I even think probably long division would confuse me at this point. There is too much shit that is like fallen out of my brain because I have too many reality shows in here. Anyways, Celebrity Big Brother announced their cast list and we had all of these rumors that it was going to be this kind of amazing cast. We heard Erica Jane was going to be a part of it. We heard Jax Taylor was going to be a part of it. And I got to tell you guys. You know, uh, I, I would have watched that every fucking night. And I don't even watch Big Brother, but I would be watching it 24 hours a day if Jax was there. Like, I got to tell you, like, I love, I would, I would have, I would have paid, I would have put money into, I would have called, I actually did call CBS after they announced this cast list. And I said, I am willing to throw in $50 American if you'll consider putting Jax Taylor on. And um, it was just like a voicemail, so. I'll let you know if I hear back. Uh, So casting Big Brother Season 3 announced. This is from People.com. Meet the new. They go meet the new famous house guests. So we got uh, Lamar Odom. So that means we'll probably hear some shit about Khloe Kardashian at some point. Um, But Lamar, like the last we saw Lamar, he was doing a celebrity boxing fight with Aaron Carter. So, yeah, it's a huge celebrity. Um, (laughs) Okay. This is the funny one. TV personality, Freddie Mellencamp. Oh, where am I? Oh, where? Oh, my God. Am I still recording? The last thing I remember was I said Freddie Um, yeah, so right there when I saw that name, I was like, oh, I'm not watching Celebrity Big Brother this season. Okay. Um, I guess also Shauna Mokler used to be with Travis Barker, Carson Kressley from, 
um, uh, uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, Cynthia Bailey, who's been on this podcast before, uh, and on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Now, Cynthia will be an interesting one on this because we saw on Ultimate Girls Trip, she does get cranky around new people. So she gets very cranky. So I don't picture her lasting long, even though I like Cynthia. Uh, we just saw, if you watch Ultimate Girls Trip, she had a bad trip. So I'm hoping, I'm hope I'm pulling for her, but... You know, and especially if you had Teddy in there. Uh, Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. Different Strokes actor Todd Bridges. Different Strokes was a sitcom from the 80s. Like, Todd Bridges, like, it's like, at what point are you still a celebrity if the only celebrity things you're doing are just shows about you being a former celebrity? Or still being a You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no actual work anymore. It's just celebrity things based around you being a celebrity. And that's their living. Like, that's so bizarre if you really think about it. Uh, can I explain the Matrix to you guys? Uh, Saturday Night Live alum Chris Kattan, uh, UFC fighter Misha Cupcake Tate are also slated to compete. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, we had those kind of cool rumors, and then they announced Teddy Mellencamp, and I was like, oh, man, that's so boring. Like, Okay, we should play a fun game, though, and for anybody that watches Big Brothers. Well, by the way, if anybody does watch Big Brother as a huge fan, if you want to be a So Bad It's Good correspondent and maybe every week give me, like, a five-minute update of what happens. But I do want to play a game with everybody of, like, let's do a drinking game every time Freddie says uh, that her dad's John Mellencamp. Like, let's see how many times she says it. I, uh, you know, and, ah, God, yeah. But she's going to be overly nice and all that kind of bullshit that we've come to know from Teddy. Um, So I thought that was interesting news, um, but not interesting in the way that I would ever, ever even uh, playfully consider watching it. Uh, We got a lot of Raquel and James Vanderpump news, but I'll talk about that in the uh, Vanderpump recap. Uh, Also, the other night, Pete Davidson and uh, Kim Kardashian had dinner at Jeff Bezos's house, the billionaire uh, founder of Amazon.com. I don't know if you've heard of that. But yeah, they had dinner the other night. Like, And then they, they hit up um, a karaoke place and like um, a Korean barbecue place, I believe, the other night. So, wow, they're just so normal, like us, you guys, like us. Uh, Kanye has announced his... Uh, new album, Donda Part 2, is coming out February 22nd, 2, 22, 2022, and it is executive produced by Future. I have never really fully gotten into the Future craze, you know, the rapper Future. Uh, I I just, it's not for my years. I've tried. Um I really have liked Kanye in the past. Also, the Kanye documentary comes out. There's a three-part Kanye documentary called Gene Yus. The first part premiered at Sundance. Uh, So that is supposedly premiering on Netflix the second week of February as well. So mark your calendars for that because even no matter how you feel about Mr. West, we cannot argue that he has not had a fascinating life. And I am so excited to see a document about this because this guy has been following Kanye around before he was even famous. And so he has all of this amazing footage from what I hear. And it got some interesting reviews. Um, We'll see Kanye actually made the news. I mean, like he tries to do every day. He made the news about saying that he wanted final cut on this film and it doesn't look like he's going to get it. Um, You know, Kanye's endlessly fascinating 
because he's also endlessly infuriating and infuriating and um i you know it makes you almost furious at yourself cuz it's just like the uh it's like brokeback mountain it's like I just can't quit you, Kanye. Like, there's something that keeps me coming back, and it used to be the music, but now I think it's just the spectacle, and that part always scares me because at some point I feel like he's going to cease to be a human and he's just going to be some big uh, ball of energy, and we're going to be like, oh, kids, look, a falling star, you know? Oh, also, this was news that made me very happy that happened two days ago. Garcelle unfollowed Miss Annika Jane once... Look at me. Look at my life. Look at my Instagram. Garcelle. Bouvet. Unfollow me. And Sutton Strack, being a great friend, unfollowed Erica Jane as well. I'll say, I'll say, if my good friend Garcelle, if she dare unfollow Erica Jane, I will too unfollow Erica Jane. I run to, I say, I say, I say I'm on the board of two Ballerina companies. I own two minor league baseball teams, so I have the power to unfollow anyone I see fit. Especially if Garcelle, I'll say, I'll say, he does it first. Ooh, it's been a while since I've done that Gar- uh, the the Sutton voice you got. Man, I miss doing. I I gotta say, I really do miss talking about the. Be- I get that message a lot too about like people missing the Beverly Hills recaps, and I gotta say, I kind of do too. But I needed a break. My poor heart was. Uh, you know, it was just too much stress and pressure for me that season. So I'm excited about this. And then Erica unfollowed Garcelle back uh, and she wrote in a weird message. It sounded like she was on pills or something. She was like, I unfollow too. <laughs> like she didn't even, she wrote back to some account saying this and she goes, me unfollow too. Like she was Frankenstein or something. Uh, also, we'll keep an eye on it over this weekend, but it looks like she is going to be forced to give back millions in jewelry that were bought by ill-gotten gains and they can prove it so if you buy with company money that you have stolen and misappropriated those actually belong not to you anymore the person that received the gift so interesting right okay you guys are you ready are you what what should we start wait what what do we do what do we you want to do vanderpump first or you want to do miranda i got one ball i I gotta put my hearing ace Miranda, Miranda, I can't, I can't hear you getting finger bangs in your kitchen by J.G. Hash. I'm Steve. Oh, my God. Poor Steve. Uh, guys, if you don't watch Sex in the City, Steve is Miranda's uh, long-suffering husband, and he's been on the show forever. And Che Diaz is, according to the show, the top comedian of all time, and they're non-binary um, and Che Diaz, a couple of episodes ago, l- like Miranda was supposed to be t- taking care of Carrie because she got some kind of weird, you know, like some surgery. And so Miranda was taking care of her because her husband, Mr. Big, died. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and then Che, like, and Che only knows Carrie because they have this, I guess, hit successful podcast together talking about sexy stuff, kind of like this podcast. Um, and you always see like, it's a really big podcast studio with like people bustling around. Um, oh, also the show is so stupid because it sets up so many plot lines and storylines that we haven't even touched and it's supposed to end next week. Like what the fuck? Like, remember how the executive, like the sound engineer or whatever was always given Carrie flirty eyes in the podcasting studio. 
Like, I was almost positive that was going to be a hookup. Like, they set that up like a hookup. So there's got to either already be another season in the works or Carrie's about to fuck like seven people next episode because they've set up so many other things. And it feels like, were they just doing that to throw us off or like, or am I, am I looking at like looking too deeply into shows? Yeah. I mean, I know that's obviously you're screaming. Yes, you are, but no, we can come on. You guys saw that too, right? Let's start with Vanderpump rules. Uh, I love when people save the best for last. Now, Vanderpump Rules, like I said yesterday, had a great ratings uh, compared to their season, and they went out on a series high, or no, sorry, a season high, not a series high, but that's great. It went out on an upswing, and there were so many great things being talked about at the reunion, and like I said, it just, for me, I can see every i can see another season so easily now whereas before i was kind of like uh i don't know but now i'm kind of really interested don't you want to see dj james kennedy completely lose it after the raquel breakup which we're already seeing uh hints at online also i do want raquel to come back very much so a lot of people thought this was her swan song and i could see that because i don't think she needs fame or or craves it like uh, some of the others do but it would be fascinating because I think, you know, even if you can make fun of Raquel for a lot of things, she seems like a genuinely nice person. And I think this took a lot of guts to get out of this situation and to handle it as respectfully as she had. Even though you guys know she had a, a viewing party the other night uh, for the final episode and they sucked out of penis straws, which was a joke this season because DJ James Kennedy thought those were tacky. And... Uh, We'll get into what DJ James Kennedy said. He wasn't very happy about the watch party, and 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 some fans thought she was being gross. But it was she said, "Yo," she didn't say "yo." I said "yo," but she said, "Of course, I'm going to have my friends watch it with me." And like, this is such a hard night for me. I'm so worried about this. Um, of course, I want the people that I'm closest to to watch with me and and try to celebrate and kind of turn this into a positive. Um, if you thought she was doing anything else, I can understand how it might look like that. But if you you always got to take into account the person it is and weigh that against what they show us, right? And if you look at the person Raquel is, I mean, it's like, God, she impressed me so much that I had to start stop making fun of her voice. Like, ah, Raquel, she has that shaky voice, which she actually, by the way, in the reunion did really well. But she also kind of, I noticed, has this voice where, you know, those like radio shows or like even this one where, They'll splice, um, like Stern Show always will take Hillary Clinton and like splice her book to be like, I gave that guy a blowjob. And like, you know, they'll splice it to make her say things that she never said. And um, Raquel sometimes sounds like that of like, I thought James Kennedy was very good. Like it's kind of just all over in pitch. Um, but I do think she is less nervous, and I was very proud of her for having a storyline that was just about public speaking. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if I have to, you know how much I love DJ James Kennedy, and I will never say James Kennedy, just DJ James Kennedy, because that's the proper way to say his name. But come on, man, DJ James Kennedy, in, in a lot of ways, is a British Jax. And I think... I, I think, you know, what a brave move to be sober... Honestly, but I'm sure it's frustrating to him and it's frustrating to us, the viewers, to realize his problems are much deeper than just alcohol. And 
it's got to be frustrating to be brave enough to actually stop drinking and then to realize you are still that angry, angry person. And that that's hard and that's frustrating. You can see how hair trigger DJ James Kennedy is. Um, and so I was very impressed at first with how he was handling this Raquel situation and especially in these reunions. Now I'm not as impressed because the true DJ James Kennedy comes out. Also, like I said yesterday, he was caught holding, not caught, he was posting holding hands with a mystery girl. Now, this mystery girl, you can find her name on the internet if you want to. I'm not going to blast somebody's name that uh, we I don't have permission to blast yet. But, you know, I think she works at like a hot night. Like I... I was given the name. I looked her up. She made her Instagram private, but you, you know, and she, you know, she works at a Hollywood hotspot. Uh, I could see exactly where DJ James Kennedy would have met her. Um, she see, I mean, I don't know anything about her, but it, you know, it's somebody that's obviously works at a popular Hollywood hotspot. And I just thought, I don't know if there's a certain, but there's also a certain type of look DJ James Kennedy seems to like in women. I also, I love the theory that he's bisexual. I love the theory. Like, we did have that one season where he was, like, rumored to be hooking up with Logan No, uh, that guy, remember? And we even saw that where he was like, you're in love with, you're in love with DJ James Kennedy. And he's like, you're in love with me, too. And they had a big falling out, and Logan No said that DJ James Kennedy hit him. I don't know if you guys remember that. That part didn't make the show, but it was circulating in a lot of Instagram posts from Logan and DJ James Kennedy and stuff, really intense stuff. But I, I always heard allegedly that they had a little bit of a fling. That's not even said out of judgment because like I always say, I don't care if you're straight, gay, bisexual, even though I kind of am jealous of bisexual because I feel like it's greedy a little bit. Like, come on, man, you get, you get to have everything. That's why Che Diaz upsets me. We find out in this episode of Sex and the City, Che Diaz banging guys and girls. It's like Che. Because you know what? I think deep down, it's like I know if I was fighting for a woman, you know, with Che, Che would win. Like that's at the end of the day, that's my fear. Like I I, I used to have a nightmare, a recurring nightmare that uh, Melissa Etheridge would steal my girlfriend, you know, or Katie Lang. Or Rosie O'Donnell, you know those are like power lesbians where they fucking like because you can tell they're like they they're like like they, all three of those kind of have Yellowstone-ish vibes to me. Like Kevin Costner, like just hey, I get what I want, lady. You know, like tough stuff. Like all three of those ladies, and and I think women respond to that. You know, whether it be in a guy or a girl. And Che Diaz, very strong. Che Diaz has some Yellowstone in her as well. Um, I love the people. I God, I hate that show, Yellowstone, and I can't stop watching it now. I'm so upset. So <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. I went to the bathroom right after I was talking about power lesbians. And I came back, and I my computer fell on its side and completely deleted 30 minutes of audio. And think, you're like, oh, did you record it again? No, I found it. Because you're like, that sounds like the first 30 minutes sounds rough. But no, I found it. Uh, thankfully, it was like hidden in, the, like I had to look up 
like how to recover GarageBand files, and they did it. And also, I listened to some back just to make sure that it was there. And I realized this week there's been some bumpiness on the microphone. It's just that another one of my microphones broke because I manhandle these things because I get so into it. And I have not been able to purchase a new one yet. So that is why you'll hear like this, like the bump. And I hate that because I personally, it's such a pet peeve of mine. So I understand and you'll probably now really pay attention to it. But I just know that I am aware. It's just that I have not gotten a new microphone yet. So it will be fixed. Um, so that's, that's you know, that's it. And also, if anybody has, uh, if anybody's smarter than me, uh, assuming the whole audience, if anybody knows how to make those mic sounds not happen, that would be amazing as well. Also, uh I get people's emails from time to time and I would love to do an all email episode. I keep promising to do that. Uh, but I did want to, I got this one yesterday. I was doing a Patreon episode, a Q and a where, Hey baddies, we're all the patrons. I uh, got to ask you Q and a like questions. And I ant like an hour and 15 minute episode. But during it, I got this email from, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, well, Kai and Shanks, and I asked uh, on Friday to, like, let me know what they do that weekend. Like, because I'm always like, yo, party it up. Go have the time of your life. And so Kai wrote me and said, I don't know Kai and Shanks, but I love them now. Uh, Kai says, just catching up on episodes and heard you want us to share our weekend with you. We raged at a concert so hard, I'm still sore. A band out of Charlottesville, Virginia called Sex Brews? Question mark. It's a great fucking band that have awesome live shows, costumes, and fresh cooked pancakes for the crowd included. Check them out. And then uh, said, love you, Kai and Shanks. And then they have a picture of them. And by the way, I, I think Shanks looks kind of like my brother-in-law, actually. I hope my brother-in-law is not running around on my sister. And then photos of the concert. And it does look it does look like they have a griddle where they are making the audience pancakes. Uh, and also... Uh, by the way, hats off to any band that's going to call themselves Sex Brews. Like hats, hats off. Like I might, I, I tip my chapeau to you. Like that is, um, I do now. What a name! Like I do want to hear Sex Brews. That's all I want to hear. Like, I, what if Sex Brews was just all mellow? Like, hey, sex, you get the bruises. Like, what if it's kind of like G Gregorian chants or like Enya, like. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Orinoco flow. Guys, do you remember Enya? I love Enya. Um, but this was a great email. So really, if anybody does fun weekend stuff or even just mellow weekend stuff, send them to me. I'll I'll, I'll read them on the air because that, that really, that put such a smile on my face yesterday when I got that email because I was like, yes, some people are out there living, going to a band called Sex Brews. Like that, I was like, why am I not going to a band named Sex Bruce? And I know why I'm older, but, um, but they, I mean, just Kai and Shanks are living it up at a Sex Bruce concert and also eating pancakes during said concert. I usually like to eat pancakes or any kind of food, uh, the same way, you, you know, usually, uh, on my bed naked in shame, uh, while watching TV, but this sounds way, how the bravery just to eat pancakes in the midst of a concert this is could change the entire music industry so thank you kai and shanks uh i do want everybody to have a great weekend but let let's start it off with a bang let's get into vanderpump rules the uh the reunion part two and i tell you guys i like i said i think this show is definitely coming back i, I really do i think it's definitely coming back 
And I, I'm really actually happy with that because I don't think you would end the season the way they ended this one uh, at the reunion and in the ending of the show itself. So we will see. But I think there is a lot of potential there. And I just I really thought about this. And I think I said it yesterday is that don't give up on things that you love. Wait till you burn them down into the ground, whether it be a marriage, whether it be anything important. You just burn that thing right into the ground. You we do not leave each other, folks. No man left behind, but no reality show left behind. I, uh, you know, if they're making the shows, I'm going to be watching them. And this is my family, too, at this point. Your family, too. So we don't give up on family. And if we and if, if we have somebody badmouth our family to our faces, it's like Caroline Manzo. It's like, no, 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 no. You will not talk smack to me. And by the way, I allow it. I allow people to comment like, no, this should, she's like, comment all you want. That's what's great. That's what that's great about all of this is everybody can have their own opinion. But just at the end of the day, we can all come to some sort of agreement that I have the only right opinion. And if we can all get on board with that, I think we're going to be so much happier in how we handle ourselves. So this is the conclusion of a reunion. Um, and last time they're like, last time, uh, by the way, back to back reunion nights. I know they were just trying to burn episodes because it doesn't have the cachet of Beverly Hills this season. Not that we can't get there again because Beverly Hills bad se- had bad seasons as well. But um, they did back-to-back nights, and I got to tell you, I loved it. I love that this is over and my mind can free up space. Um, so uh, this is they, – they give clips for what's going to happen tonight. It looks like a good episode. Also, I do want to say at the very end, we get presented drinks like we do, not we, but the the casket presented drinks like they do every reunion. And it used to be Peter, poor, long-suffering Peter, the manager over at Sir, the actual manager that actually never got famous and has a real job. Um, and they didn't even let him bring out the drinks this time like they used to. Poor Peter. He's in... And by the way, I say poor Peter, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, between us... The reason why Peter isn't, it's like Peter's not, he doesn't, he doesn't pop on camera, you know? Like he's had plenty of shots and he's hooked up with most of those girls over the last 12 years. But he just, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. He's just not, some people have it, some people don't, you know? And that's no offense to Peter. Peter could be, an, Peter sounds like he might be an amazing person. But I was, I, I, I did feel bad that like they didn't even allow him to bring out the shots you can't have our man just bring out. Maybe Lisa had him on shift that day. I don't know, but it, it was a. I, I, I would have liked to have seen a Peter moment at the very end, not you know just to bring out the shots. Um, so we get immediately into this, and Andy gets in with you know we left off with the Peter, sorry, with the Sandoval and Katie um, feud ongoing about being involved with the new Bar Schwartz and Sandys, and. You know, Sandoval's like, I'm trying to open a business. We are so stressed out. And Katie says, Schwartz is doing all the work. He's the one going to Stoneyards. He's the one doing all. He can't get you on the phone. And Schwartz is literally like flail. Like, because they remember, they're not live. They're at home because of COVID. Because they one of them got COVID. And they're like, like Schwartz is like flailing. Like, like when you're a kid and you're like, stop it. Don't tell mommy. Don't tell mommy. He's like trying to block Katie's mouth with his body. It is so weird just in the sense that they are grownups. <laughs> he's, he's like, no, 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 no. Don't say it about my boyfriend. Don't say it. Don't say it. And 
you know, uh, but I will say in that Tom Sandoval interview, which is coming out, guys, I know I keep getting asked about it. It is coming out. It definitely is coming out. Uh, I can explain more eventually. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Um, and, and, but Sandoval does say, he does say in the interview, he isn't the best at responding to text messages sometimes. And I, I do think that is probably what is good about Schwartz and Sandoval together is that they complement each other. Is that Sandoval seems like he's like big picture guy sometimes and he wants everything to be perfect and he really strives for that. And Schwartz might get stuck doing a lot of the, the grunt work at times. And I, I don't know. That's just from an outside perspective. Um, but it, it's hysterical because Katie's trying to stick up for her husband and Schwartz is like, no, 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 don't. And Katie's like, uh, you know, Schwartz says he can't get Tom to do anything. And Tom's, Tom's like, uh, what Katie meant to say was like me and Tom balance each other out. And Tom's like, that's not what she's saying, Schwartz. 
And Katie says, I have a vested interest, you know, in this because it's 50-50 in a marriage. I will absorb his money loss. And Raquel says, I want to apologize to Katie for what I said on Watch What Happens Live. Um, God, I feel so bad doing the shaky voice thing because I really like her so much. But, okay, so on Watch What Happens Live, Raquel said, I feel, uh, I feel... I feel Katie is bored with her life and um, she wants to do something with her life. You know, like, and it was, I mean, it was shocking for Raquel to say that on Watch What Happens Live about Katie because she kind of nailed it in some ways. Not that Katie isn't smart and funny and all of that stuff because she is, but you do get, or from the show itself, the show paints Katie as a very kind of bored person i mean like they made a whole fucking joke like if i ever interviewed katie i would be like were you pissed when they try to act like you were just like sitting there trying to knit one season and then you got bored with that like they really started trolling every one of these cast members very hard um but raquel says my mom had a call and explained to me after watch what happens live that a marriage is 50 50 and so relationships, so so your partner really does have a say in what you do. And I think Andy, Andy and Lisa kind of exchange a look like, your mom explained that to you? But at the same time, she, Raquel was like, I take it very seriously. Like, I love that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Raquel is just so damn sincere that you're like, wow. Like, she really didn't know that. And she was speaking her truth. But then she was able to hear from someone she loves and respects, her mom, and then realized she was wrong. And she apologized for it. What a enlightened human being. You know what I'm saying? Shit, people will fight for decades about some shit they know they're wrong about. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, Lisa goes, yes, darling, that's what a marriage is. And Ariana goes, that's bullshit. And Lala goes, God, the both of you just need to shut up in regards to Sandoval and Ariana. And it's like, dude, Lala, I have sympathy for you, but also fuck you. Like, also, like, fucking cut. Like, you literally should not be on your high horse that you always ride in on. You should be riding a very small pony right now. Like, there is no reason you should be piping up like this in any of these situations. And Tom is like, yeah, though, me and Ariana, we're domestic partners. And Ariana's like, uh, oh, um, then, then Lala does this kind of thing of like, oh, yeah, are you going to tell the court? Um, but we feel married and kind of does this really snotty voice. And I wanted Ariana to pop her in the face, even though she is via satellite uh, and is not live as well. And Schwartz says, um, you know, well, you know, the, the, the deal, though, with Sa Sandoval and Katie is just they've never had a good work you know, um, chemistry, but I thought like Katie wanted to be a part of this all of a sudden. I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe it could work. I was wrong. I was wrong. And then Andy's like, moving on, um, Raquel, your nose, which is so funny. Raquel's nose was an actual plot line this season. She's like, yeah, the bridge to the right and the tip to the left. And then she goes, my nose tip was very bulbous, too big for my face. I have a petite, tiny face, so I want my nose that would match my features. I think I've come to terms with it, and I am good with contouring. And then Annie's like, James, your comment about her nose being bad, um, you know, do you feel, uh, you know, bad in 
retrospect about how you talked about her nose and not wanting to screw up her face. And he's like, I don't really want to try to explain, but if you want me to try, Andy, and he's and he's like, yeah, try. And he goes, ah, oh, you know, I guess it is. Let's let's not make a beautiful thing less beautiful. And then we go into the storyline, the stupidest storyline, where Raquel, uh, they did feet pics for Raquel's nose job. Toes for nose, as Charlie came up with. And by the way, I stand, I, I don't usually do this. I'm not very cocky, but I I think Charlie will be coming on the podcast. And I do want, like, I'm the first one that brought up WikiFeet to her, which is a website for people that appreciate feet. And in my research for Charlie, she came up on WikiFeet. Uh, if you Google Charlie Burnett's name, and I told Charlie in the interview and she had no idea what it was. So in my warped little mind, I think I am responsible for this horrible storyline. Uh, Lisa was the one that ended up buying the feet pics. And I don't know. I don't care about this. all. Um, and then it gets back on the James, you know, uh, comment about the nose. And and he's like, James, you said if you lost your looks, Raquel would probably leave you. Do you really believe that? And James like, uh, and Andy goes, don't grimace at me telling the things to you that you said. And he goes, yes, I did think it was true. You know, I, 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 you know, if I had an accident and, and, you know, not, not plastic surgery, Hollywood stuff, you know, if, if Raquel was in a wheelchair, I would never leave her, you know, but if my nose got botched up, you know, it would be a matter of time before Raquel left me. And she already left me, so there. So he's just like, <laughs> you know. Um, by the way, I, at this moment, wrote, I cannot wait for next season when it's really good. And I can write on a post how Vanderpump got its groove back. Because I, I want I want a victory lap so bad. Um, they go to commercial comeback. And so uh, he's like, Sheena tell us uh, about your relationship, you and Brock, you know? And they're like, Brock, did you know her? And he's like, I thought she was a hot brunette. I was going to hook up with, and then we danced at the concert. Once again, do a, I do a killer Brock imitation. Um, I did get an uh, Australian saying book from Susanna, who sent me one that was very nice. And so you can tell, I, this is probably the best accent I do. Hey, I'm Brock. I'm a little Irishman. Hey, he says he has, uh, I've got two more years on my investor's visa, Andy. And Lisa goes, how did you did that? I had to invest 700000 He's like, I had to invest 500000 I put down, I was an owner of a gym, uh, 100%, and that's worth 500000 So he's pretty much admitting, if I'm not mistaken, to like fraud right here, uh, which is wild. Um... And then Andy goes, well, you came to the States to support your family, but you didn't pay child support for years out here. And he goes, when I left for America, I would send money to her. No child support involved. I was immaturely arguing with her about access to the kids. Uh, and then she cut me off and I found out she was receiving government support three years later. And I started making monthly payments since 2018. And she goes, 2019. And Charlie says, uh, well, you can bartend at Sir Brock. And we find out he's still not in touch with his kids. Um, pays, um, you know, he wants to pay all of the child support and let his ex know that he's a changed man. He's like, uh, you know, once again, he says, I've been paying since 2018. And Sheena goes, 2019. She does that two times. It was very cute in a scary way. Um, 
So he also brings kind of up the domestic violence thing in a very casual way. He's like, yeah, I had a fight. I slept uh, three years later. You know, it got brought up again. You know, we caught, it got dropped. And uh, and Andy goes, do you think Lala misrepresented the situation? And uh, Sheena and Brock are like, yeah, I think she did. And Lala goes, the fact you're minimizing physical violence is wild. It is wild, but it's also wild for Lala to step into this because Lala was a thorn in their side all season. And some people say that's good reality shows, but it also is very weird because everybody was like, dude, look, you have no leg to stand on. Look at your relationship. And that was even before they were, that was when they were supposedly doing good. But I love this history being rewritten of like, we all knew Randall to kind of be a freak. Remember, like, he had the Lindsay Lohan relationship. Like, this isn't new to, like, actual pump heads, pumpers, or whatever we call ourselves. Like, we knew about Randall being a cheater for a very, 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 very long time in every relationship, not just the Lala one. And we also saw, if you do watch past seasons of Vanderpump Rules, Lala is protecting him very much so. And they keep saying, you're dating a married man. And she keeps saying, I, he's not married. And that's before Randall would even get named. Like, he wasn't even named yet. So she was very much... And that, you, you can see through this whole discussion, all the Vanderpumpers, they're like, they're still covering for Lala. They still are. They're not ever, like... And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, trust me, trust me, they all knew and they are protecting her. I will, I will, these people were protecting her on a reality show that you're not supposed to, uh, not tell the truth. And they all let, they all did her a solid and did not bring up this man's name, did not bring up that he was married, all of this stuff. They protected her and they're still protecting her. So it's really shitty when Lala then does come down on some of these people because Lala does have an attitude problem. Like, that's it. She'll even admit it herself. She thinks she's queen shit. And it's so funny now to watch her pivot to, like, all of a sudden, like, really caring about her podcast and really, like, oh, I'm speaking to women. Like, yo, maybe just speak for yourself for a minute and figure shit out before you try to, like, help, uh, like, help people. under like un It's like making money under the guise of helping people. Like, yo, I'm queen. I'm going to tell you your, like, what you need to know. And it's like, girl, tell yourself what you need to know. Like, seriously. But, you know, she's going to do what she has to do at this point. She probably does have some, you know, financial situations that she has to take care of. But she always comes from this place of, I know everything. And those are the people you usually have to watch because they know nothing. They know nothing. And they get into these horrible situations. And then they're still defending themselves instead of actually learning, of doing the work. You know, there's a very big difference between Raquel and Lala. And we always, you know, that was something that was brought up the last season as well of these two pitted against each other where Lala called her a Bambi-eyed bitch. And I think there was a part, and, and that's an easy joke to, I mean, it's a funny joke, but it's an easy joke to make. And also, I think what it was is Lala was a little jealous because Raquel is genuinely innocent. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's not, she's genuinely not trying to hurt somebody. And Lala does try to hurt people. There's a difference there. It's like Snow White and the uh, the uh, witch with the apple. What's her? What, Ma Maleficent or M Maleficent? Maleficent? Okay, anyways. Um, so uh, we also then move on from that. And Andy's like, Raquel, the person that is your mom is not your actual birth mom. Is that true? And... 
a lot of the audience was confused, Andy says, and, and she's like, my mom, Laura, she adopted me at birth, and her sister, Susan, gave birth to me. Your bi- and Andy's like, your biological mom is actually your aunt. So it basically is that her real mom or the person she has grown up as her mom and really does consider her mom is actually her aunt and her birth mom gave her to – I mean whatever. It seems like Raquel has been raised in a very loving family. Uh, so amazing, awesome. But it is very interesting and I know that did confuse even me at one point this season. Uh, She's not that very close to her birth mother and has only seen her a few holidays, which knowing Raquel's anxiety, I bet that was just miserable. I can already feel like I could totally put myself in that situation of like Raquel probably always liked the holidays and those ones probably are always scared her of like, oh, I have to, you know, like because that's just such a nervous situation, you know, like think about it, like how we always like you have to see an ex or you and this is way different than you know a birth mom but like having to see somebody that you're not like totally wanting to see and you just totally you know you obsess about it and then you can't wait to get it over with um Andy asked does your mom know that um you guys have split you and DJ James Kennedy and she's like yeah my dad is driving over from Arizona to help me pack up my things tomorrow I'm gonna stay with my sister Kate for a while uh by the way I think she's now staying at Sheena's Hollywood apartment and then she's gonna find her own apartment but I don't know um James uh you know Andy's like James you know you have not gotten along with her family for years you know what what do you think about that uh, he's like, yeah, they they never accepted me or loved me or wanted me to marry their daughter. Um, and we get a clip from the, the engagement party where Raquel's dad said he was digging a hole for James. He's like, I, I told him, you know, I'm, I'm digging a shallow grave for DJ, for DJ James Kennedy, you know, and I would prefer that uh, – she not marry an alcoholic and Lisa's like I can't tell if you're kidding or not and he's like I'm not kidding it was actually a very dark scene I was like damn um so and he asks well what concerned your family about DJ James Kennedy and then they throw in a clip package of every of like of DJ James Kennedy calling Kristen a whore and spitting on her and the fight at Sheena's wedding between like all of the like just the greatest hits of like the greatest hit of, you know, the one at the 80s party was like, fuck everyone, who the fuck cares when he's out of his mind? And and he goes, so you would say you and Raquel's parents don't like each other? And he's like, yeah, this Thanksgiving I got ver- verbally assaulted at the dinner. You know, her dad drank a bottle of wine and then attacked me for not bringing the hiking shoes he bought me to the hike where I asked for her hand in marriage, you know? Uh, after all the work I put in with not drinking, you know, and you still want to have a go at me, you know, uh, and he goes, and then he goes, they're all a giant red flag. Oh man, yeah, yeah, they're a giant red flag, James. You are right. You are the green flag. They are the red flags. And let's just, you know, if you if you need to think that, like the things that we tell ourselves to make ourselves the good person in this situation, is wild. And by the way, her dad did seem like an asshole to James. But then, like, yeah, like if you know of this guy from TV being the guy that you see on TV, I I would if I had a daughter, I would be scared shitless for my daughter. To be with DJ James Kennedy. No offense, DJ James Kennedy. You look. By the way, DJ James Kennedy looks so sharp in his purple suit. He looked like a handsome Joker. Um, I th- I thought he looked great. You know. It does bother me in a sad way, as it bothers me in a sad way about myself to watch the others get older. You know, like 
but I get that way about myself too. Like you'll look in the mirror and you'll be like, whoa, look at my eyes. Like there's actual, like they're getting older, you know, that's like a wild feeling. Um, so we come back from break and Sheena lets Brock know. She's like, I just need you to support me when I'm upset. I am upset that I am on the wrong side. I guess she's on the wrong side for her face, she says. And that is just like the bet. That's the most Sheena thing that you can say. I love Sheena's commitment to being Sheena, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so Andy says, um, you know, we hear, you know, things that are going on with Randall and that you're in definitely in a bad situation. And he, and he goes, yeah. And he's like, we can have the editors insert things that you said throughout the season that aren't so great uh, in regards to the situation you're going through now. Uh, so they do a clip package of Lala being like, how dare you compare my fiance, who is a stand up man and father about Randall. And it just makes her look like the biggest fucking idiot because she was pointing her fingers every which way. And the call was coming from inside the house. Lala says, I Listen, I think Sheena has an amazing heart. I've always said that. And Brock has been nothing but a kind and loving man to her. So now she's backtracking and Bro Brock goes, In the moment, you did some damage and you really hurt me. And she's like, well, I did, I, you know, I didn't, da, da, da. And he goes, you're too busy flying on private jets and hanging out with Machine Gun Kelly. Charlie laughs, uh, which by the way, Brock did come off like an asshole a lot of this reunion, but he did... The man made some points. The man made some points. Like, for real. Like, two things can be true at once, like I always say. He can be an asshole, but he also made some points. Uh, we also get a clip of Tom going, like, Lala, Lala, what if I told you, you know, 10 years ago, Randall did some, thi did some, did some shit, and Lala was like, no, this is not going to happen, and shuts it down, like that clip from this season. And... You know, that that's the problem is anytime these people did try to bring it up on camera, she would shut them down so much that they never did bring it up on camera. And, you know, we're back in the, the reunion. Tom's like, you know, I've heard some rumors. And Sheena says, we were never allowed to talk about him. And Lala's like, that's not true. And then Lala's like, what rooms, what rumors have you heard? And James like, be honest, Tom, be honest. And he's like, well, someone we all know, they're sibling or something. And Lisa's like, oh, come on. He's like, Lisa, that's what I'm saying. I said, it's just a rumor. I, did, I didn't, you know. And uh, and James is like, well, I also, I heard some sexual rumors. And Brock goes, speak up for me over here. Hey. And he goes, I saw him buying drinks for two of the hottest women at Sir. And this is post-baby. And, uh. James says, uh, I was the one saying, I don't like Randall, you know? I was always saying that. And Lala says, all of this should have been brought to my attention. And we get a clip package of DJ James Kennedy going, you know, the fat man paid your rent. I have a negative view of that man because he, he put the one I love in jeopardy. And Lisa says, they were all very loyal to you, Lala, not... Dis not discussing it on camera and Lala says I wish they would have but also you can't have it both ways and she goes Randall was never at home and he would stay he would say it was work related he would always say he was working on the sequel to the Irish man that's a joke <laughs> he would he would always he would always say he was working on a new shit sh horrible fucking movie that nobody would see 
He was always, and he goes, he was always on the phone, and I still didn't even register it. And to, uh, it, to be honest, you know, Katie called me on October 15th and said, two pics of Randall with two girls. And I had the biggest pit in my stomach. Randall is not who I think he is. I thought he was loyal to me. That's all I wanted. I know how dudes are, so I thought I could trust him. He wouldn't run out on me. And he made me feel safe enough to bring a child into this world. I feel disgusted. Really powerful moment, you guys. And uh, James goes, what the hell? So Andy's like, well, what happened since? And she's like, for about a week, I stayed in the bedroom with the door locked. And they're like, so you were captive in your own house? And Lisa's like, she wasn't captive. Lisa seems kind of like, I think Randall and Lisa have some kind of money thing together because Randall seems like she kind of sticks up for Randall in a way. But then I guess he decided to go to Miami and all the girls are like, what? Do not let your guy go to Miami. And then we get a flashback of Miami girl with Sandoval. Remember that season? But everybody's like, never let your man go to Miami. Like, what the fuck happens in Miami? You guys, I've never been to Miami. But, like, I guess I never can go if I have a girlfriend, you know? Like, never let your man go to Miami. That's a fucking rule. And Lala goes, yeah, when he was in Miami. I, and by the way, who fucking leaves to Miami when you're in? I mean, I, I don't know. I packed, she goes, I packed five years worth of things. Uh, I had, and I got the fuck out. And Sheena says, they always put on the front that everything is great, and I am the queen of that club, which I thought was funny, of like, Lala does the same thing. She goes, but I couldn't even imagine having a child with someone who isn't a 50-50 partner. And uh, Andy goes, Lala, um, Lala called you dumb, Raquel, uh, for not believing the rumors about James cheating. And she's like, I wasn't surprised when I heard the news just because I knew Lala when she was seeing Randall. I knew of her as a mistress. And it seemed like history was repeating herself. Repeating itself. Dude. Fucking truth teller. That's a truth teller right there. Did you hear what I said in that horrible shaky voice? I said... I knew Lala as being Randall's mistress, and that's how I was introduced to her to begin with. So this is history repeating itself. And Lisa goes, sometimes the way you get them is the way you lose them. And it's, like, dark. But, like, Raquel told the truth there, man. She was known as Randall's mistress because Randall was still married when they were together. They had a full relationship, and Lala was fine with it, period. And Andy's, like, kind of pushes a little bit more. Um, you know, did you not have an understanding, you know, like he, he wasn't living with his wife. Did you ever, you know, hear him talk to his wife? And she's like, no, never. I, he was not married. What wife would let their husband leave for two months? He was always staying with me. He was, but all the, it's like, this is exactly what she was saying. He was never home with you. And now she's saying he was never home with his ex. Like, dude, do you know what you're saying? How hypocritical you come off? And the cast is all like looking around like, duh, this is wild. And Brock goes, this is how you get a Range Rover out of it, you know, the lifestyle, you know. And Brock's probably like, that's what I'm trying to get. Um, and Lala's like, are you done, Brock? And he's like, that attitude right there, are you done? Don't give that attitude with me, Missy. And Lala's like, can I keep going, please? And he goes, going nowhere. <laughs> and she goes, I believe Randall has led a double life for a very, very long time. And we'll make sure he'll go through any lengths to make sure his double life is not exposed. Yeah, I 100% believe this. 
And Brock says, you know, but hey, you, you, you were fine with it for so long. Um, Lisa says, a leopard doesn't change his spots, my dears. And then she goes, my 5.5 years with Randall has been a lie. And Andy asks, how are you doing in recovery? And she's like, I have never been stronger in my sobriety than I am right now. And everybody claps because that is awesome. Man, the first thing you would want to turn to is that. So that really is awesome. And James, TJ James Kennedy goes, hell yeah, Lala. Yeah, hell yeah, Lala. Hell yeah. And she goes, honestly, I'm disgusted with Randall. Oh, no, no. Uh, DJ James Kennedy goes, honestly, I'm disgusted with Randall. He's a fucking 45, 50-year-old, too old to learn at this point. You know, he has the cars, the clothes, he has a baby at home, but he was never home with the baby. You know, I always had to put a smile on my face around Randall, like, yay, pickleball. Everybody laughs, and Ariana's like, does this mean we don't have to play pickleball anymore? And Schwartz is like, yo, do not, do not talk bad about pickleball. And DJ James Kennedy goes, I can't believe it. He even reached out to me the day this happened. And he, he asked me for some tips, for some tips, for some relationship tips. And Lisa goes, from you. And he goes, from me. He screams. It was actually a funny moment. And he says, Lala, thank you for your openness. Sorry you're going through this. And I'm very sorry that we don't have cameras there following you day to day. <laughs> you can tell that's what he thought of. Like, I'm sorry this didn't happen earlier in the season. Uh, we talk about the something about her sandwich shop between Katie and Ariana. Randall is not an investor anymore. And they actually talked about Randall. Uh, the investor was actually their friend. They, it wasn't actually him. It was a friend of theirs. And they, if they had known, it would have been different. Um, Sheena, they go to break. Sheena runs off the pump. Um, Brock now is talking about the way to propose to Sheena. And he's like, you know, I don't want to spend... 20,000 to the government, you know. I want to uh, put it in my children of the relationship. Um, and Brock is uh, getting, like, kind of grilled by Lala again about this and about Lisa. And he's like, I've supported Sheena. I don't have a sugar daddy. Um, he's like, the audacity of Lala. And they're like, but you spent $25,000 on a wedding ring. And he's like, yeah, I can't transfer money from my credit cards, you know. And Sandoval's like, uh, they're like, Sandoval, why did you agree to be the officiant? And he's like, I was truly between a Brock and a hard place. Wah, um, And he was like, you know, I feel their pain of things getting canceled or trying to do this. And if we talk about the night or the day at the engagement or the, you know, DJ James Kennedy engagement party and... They have a clip of Katie being fucking toasted of like Lala coming up to her and she's like, What do you got what do you think? And she's like, I've had three vodkas and Lala like, How how are you doing? And she's like, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. It was very cute, actually. Um and Sheena gets in and she's like, Why can't I have a happy moment? Oh, I can't engage I can't get engaged. I want happy moments too. And she was like, it's all of us together. Not one person on this cast is more important than the other one. And Lisa goes, Sheena, come on. You would have been horrified if someone did that to you. At this point, everyone is yelling over each other. Ariana's like in Sheena's side. Like everybody's yelling. Everybody's yelling. Um, and Raquel's like, I understood. I do want you to have your moment, Sheena. I was just surprised. Like Raquel, fucking lady. Like is like, just like, I understood. I was just surprised. That's a fucking lady. She's handling it. And Katie says, you know, well, it's not something important to you, Ariana. So you're not going to understand. You know, engagements and weddings aren't important to you. And Ariana's like, what the 
fuck are you talking about? Why would you make a statement like that ever? Are you fucking... I'll get street with your ass. Are you fucking kidding me? Because that really was a stupid comment. And James like, well, there is a little truth to what Katie says. And Ariana's like, James, shut up. And Ariana said, I don't appreciate this speaking about me. And James goes, hey, well, I'm not tacky and cheap like Sheena and Brock. Um, and, and then Sheena's like, nothing happened at your party except that Lala told you that. If Lala hadn't have opened her big fucking mouth, nothing, you would have never even known, which is completely true. Completely. And then Lala goes, you all need to calm down. You're going insane over the smallest things. It's like, Lala, the audacity, the audacity. And Ariana says, who is Lala talking to? Bye. Um... DJ James says, I know my place. Brock needs to know his place. It was cheap and tacky. And then he goes, look, look, I'm just trying to get through today, honestly. So we end the season. They're doing a toast with a cocktail and a mocktail for DJ James Kennedy. Um, Tom made a Summer's Eve, which we found out earlier in the season is a douche. Um, but also the name of Sheena's child. Um, Tom Tom, we find out from Lisa, is in the black for the first time this week. Um, and by the way, that is normal for a bar to not make money for the first couple of years. That is very normal. Um, so it's in the black. Finally, she's opening a new place at Paris in Vegas. And she goes, and I'm a bloody grandmother. And Kin doesn't want to fuck me anymore because of his hips. No, he didn't. She didn't say that. Um, and Andy's like, James, you're at a crossroads. Tomorrow will be a rough day because she's moving out. Is there anything you'd like to say to Raquel? And he's like, I love you so much. I'm sorry things didn't work out. I want the best for you. This is an end of a chapter, but the beginning of the best of your life. I love you all. And that's when DJ James Kennedy can be so great. What a great thing to say. How beautifully spoken. It was like poetry. It was very much like poetry. But the unfortunate thing is then you get DJ James Kennedy on uh, Instagram posts making fucking idiotic comments about her um, and it, it comes off just really creepy and weird and stuff that he should just leave alone like he just needs to leave alone and I understand that's like he he's like Katie with rage text or something you know it's just it shouldn't be doing that the early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You guys, uh, it is time for my favorite part of the show where we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by the one and only streaming service Sundance Now. So uh, after a long day, I just want to curl up on the couch, as a man does, and get lost in a gripping story with characters I can love. And sometimes I get tired of those being real housewives. Uh, So I don't think it's too much to ask that I actually watch... A fictional story, a story with amazing characters, great acting, all of that stuff. And that, you go to find that nowhere else with Sundance Now. So with Sundance Now, you always have something to watch that is binge-worthy, and that is the name of the game, uh, and also something you can be obsessed with. Sundance Now is an ad-free streaming service created by AMC Networks. You guys know AMC, Walking Dead, pretty much every amazing show ever. (laughs) So it's for people who obsess over riveting storytelling and fresh perspectives. Sundance now has original prestige dramas, international thrillers, and bone-chilling true crime shows. Every show is a sleek production with sexy lead characters. Uh, They've got shows like the hit British series A Discovery of Witches, which is now entering its third season. Uh, It's the perfect mix of like period drama, romance, and edge-of-your-seat thrillers. Uh, Season 1 and 2 are streaming, but like I said, season 3 is uh, premiering. It just premiered on January 8th. So there's seven episodes in the third season. I love that it's not 20 episodes, and the finale drops on February 19th. In the final series of A Discovery of Witches, Matthew and Diana return from their trip to 1590 to find tragedy at September Tours. They must find the missing pages from the Book of Life and the book itself before it's too late. Their enemies are gearing up against them, and a monster from Matthew's past who has been lying in wait will return for revenge. Wow, that actually does sound like a Real Housewife show. Uh, TV Guide says it's pure catnip for fans of this genre. LA Times says elegant and satisfying. Uh, You can stream Sundance now on all of your favorite devices for as low as $4.99 a month. That is very low. Just download the app or watch online and discover exclusive shows from around the world instantly. So, um, Find your next TV obsession on Sundance Now. Try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to SundanceNow.com and use promo code SOBAD. That's SundanceNow.com code SOBAD for 30 days of free streaming. I mean, guys, that is that is free. That's free for 30 days. You can just get it like, come on, that's free for 30 days. That's amazing. Promo code so bad. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And now, sorry, I can't find the thing that he wrote, but he pretty much just said like, oh, look at you with your party drinking every night out of penis straws, out tacky. He's like every Every day is my day. It was just like kind of rude. And then he unfollowed her. And it was just gross. It's like, dude, be a man. Like, you you came off of this so good. You handled it so well. I know you're hurt. But like, dude, man. Like, come on, dude. Can I say dude more? God. Um, Katie says, uh, 
you know, me and Ariana are going to do the sandwich shop, and then we're me and Tom will hopefully have a baby. Um, oh, and uh, oh, also Andy says of Raquel, he says uh, your your lifelong dream, Raquel, is to help kids with disabilities. If people don't already think you are a wonderful person, this really does. Um, but I I was also kind of like with Raquel, I was like she was already working with a kid with a disability. If you think about it. Hey, oh, but also don't go low, James, because I'll go low as well. Just, ugh. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm getting tired, you guys. I actually am getting tired, and I have to do a whole the recap of Sex in the City. Anyways, it ends with Raquel and DJ James Kennedy walking off stage saying goodbye to each other. He has to go say goodbye to Graham Cracker, their dog, who she gets custody of because her parents bought it for her for graduation. Her dad, Carrie, comes and gets Raquel and... Raquel's like, you know, hey, how did it go today? And she's like, we announced that we are going to get married. And he's like, good. I think tomorrow will be a great day, too. Let's leave this all behind. Let's go. He's like, very like, la, let's go. So that was Vanderpump Rules, you guys. I thought we ended the season good, and that's all I care about. Let's get another chance to make this right, to course correct. These last two were, episodes were great, and I think there's a lot of drama to come because you have Schwartz and Sandy's opening. We'll see the progress of the sandwich shop. You have Brock and Sheena saying they're going to go get married in Bali, which is just wild. Okay, I'll see another Sheena wedding. Sure, sign me up for that. Who knows, you know? So, okay, moving on. We're going to do a real quick recap of Sex in the City, Episode 9. Oh, sorry, and just like that, the Sex in the City spinoff, No Strings Attached which is just disgusting of a title because you you realize at the end it's like a double meaning, but it's also because Charlotte's daughter, Lily, can't find the string to her tampon. And I'm like, LOL, clever title, you guys, I think. Like, that's... Like, do... Hey, girl, women out there, do you love, like, tampon string jokes? Is that like... You're like, hey, that's a good tampon Yeah! Tampons ring jokes are my favorite jokes. I love to joke about a tampon in my butthole. Losing the tampon string in my vag. Losing the tampon string in my vag. Where you gonna lose it? In my vag. Where you gonna lose it? In your butt. No. In your eye. No. In your butt. In your knee. In your elbow. No. 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 It gets lost only in my vag. My name is Lily. I'm the daughter of Charlotte. My dad has a huge fat dong i don't like this show because it's long and boring not that no it's actually not boring i actually really like it sorry that was a little musical number i'm getting more confident in my rap style i feel um so we open up with the scenes from last week um her daughter lily is growing up and took some sexy Instagram photos, and Charlotte was very upset last week about it. Uh, at the, the the episode with Che and Miranda, though, their relationship was heated up, heating up, but Che was doing a, uh, a performance outside about being yourself and realized, you know, Miranda, their new lady, isn't being herself. And she's like, they're like, yo, I gotta go to Cleveland to make them laugh their asses off because they're a stand-up comedian. And, and uh, that's when Miranda then told Steve that she wanted a divorce. So all of us suckers were thinking like, yo, what's going to happen in Cleveland when Miranda gets there? Right? Like is I had written all the fan fiction in my head. Like, you know, Miranda gets there, opens the door. Che's like in an eight way orgy 
just like just like a like a king and just like women and men just trying to get at Che and with Che and Miranda's like, what the hell is going on here? Or my other thought was like they go like she goes to Che's show and Che's on stage is like, yo, I'm dating this bitch right now that doesn't stand up for who she is. That's what they call a coward. And also, she used to be a ginger. And now she's got white hair. What's the deal with that? I always wanted to know, do the cur- curtains match the drapes? Am I right? Hey, hey, hey I'm Che Diaz. Hey, hey, hey. Um, but instead, this mess of a show, guess what they do? So the show picks up after the Cleveland show. And I was furious. I feel like we got cheated We need a whole limited series about what happened in fucking Cleveland. The show actually finally gets me interested in something, and they legitimately just skip completely past it. Completely past it. So we open up with Carrie, Miranda, and old Charlotte. And by the way, when I say old Charlotte, that's what they're trying to make all these people seem is like, just old. Well, we're the new Golden Girls. Uh, we're the elderly age of 55. Uh, like, my God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And this is where, you know, in these scenes, we would have Samantha. We'd have Samantha going like, I had anal sex last night. And let me tell you, I can't shit. <laughs> you know, but we don't. So then it's just Carrie, Miranda and Charlotte kind of being smarty. And they're like, uh, oh, Carrie, we're uh, we're excited that you're going to have another date with that teacher. And she's like, yeah, the date with the teacher, you know, it's two people. It's not a date. It's two people who got sick on each other because their first date, they each threw up on each other's shoes because they got so wasted. So we really don't know about this relationship. Do we really know about any relationship, you guys? Um, and then Charlotte's, uh, no, Miranda's like, I, their, their food comes. They're like, I wish I had gotten the sandwich. And Carrie's like, I wish I had gotten the soup. And then they're like, let's switch. You know, cutesy fun lunch stuff like that. Amanda invites them. She's like, guys, uh, I want to invite you to do manual labor. You know, paint the women I, for like this women thing I'm doing with my teacher, Naya. Remember the beginning of the season, we had this new character, Naya, an African-American professor. And Miranda embarrassed herself with Naya in the first uh couple episodes but now they're very close friends you guys uh this is a very special year in all of these ladies lives because they've made all new friends carrie made a new friend charlotte made the wexler friend miranda made the naya friend like it's a perfect year to pick up because they've each made huge new relationships in their lives as you do as you get older um it's all, they're just, you know, it's also with the thing, they're all just so self, and I don't mean the characters, but they're also self-satisfied, like the acting and the writing. It's always like, I'm going to take a bite of my sandwich now. Well, that's me. Like, sh- like, they really commit to their stereotypes. And I do have to admit, I, I, I know people can find it annoying, but I do like Charlotte's Charlotte-ness of like, what? Oh my God. God, you know, I love the kind of cutesy outrage, you know, like she's kind of like Raquel, but with like a better voice and more of a pulse. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Charlotte says, 
<laughs> this is this is it. Charlotte goes, remember when I was still getting my period, ladies, after you guys stopped getting yours? And Carrie goes, I missed smug Charlotte. And she's like, well, I think I've gone through menopause finally. And they're like, welcome to the club. Be prepared to sweat. And she's like, I don't have any sweats. I don't I don't sweat. I don't do anything. Everything's great. And they're like, I'm not being smug. That's just how it is. So already we're getting menopause talk. We're in the first scene. And we've got menopausal talk. Amazing. Um once again, it's like what I was saying earlier in the episode. You women get put through the ringer. What do men have anywhere close to menopause or a period? Like, what do we get? Like, low sex drive? Like, give me low sex drive. Please, I welcome it. There's more TV out there for me to watch then, you know? If I'm not whacking off all the time, that's great. Um, so we, uh, cut to Carrie's apartment. We meet Lisette, her downstairs neighbor, who was the young one making all the noise. She's not wearing a bra as most people in New York don't, according to the show. Uh, so at one point I remember just kind of just trying to, I was like, is that her nipple? I think I see. Like, do you ever do that when you zone out of a show and you're just like that? Is that a hard nipple? Like that, that seems to be kind of a thing in TV and film now. Anyways, Lisette just isn't a young person. She's also a jewelry designer. And she's like, Carrie, I wanted you to wear this um, and maybe put it on your Insta. Scarlett Johansson put my jewelry on her Insta and scales, scales, sales skyrocketed. Rocketed. And, uh, you know, Carrie's like, I don't know. I mean, come on. I'm not that famous. And then she goes, I love your podcast. <laughs> There is not a day goes by that I am not asked, begged to wear people's jewelry. Please, Ryan, please put this on your Instagram. You are at the height of fashion. But I just love the thought that Carrie is supposedly famous still in this. I don't, you know. Um, But she sees that Carrie already has a ring on. The jewelry is a ring. And she's like, who's that from? I didn't know you had a husband. And she's like, is it a long distance relationship? I had one. It didn't work. And Carrie's like, no, he died on a Peloton. It uh, was very silly. I watched him die. I could have saved him. He was still alive when I saw him, but I just sat there and we kind of had a moment and then he died uh, using all of that precious time that I could have been on the phone with the 911 or at least attempted. It's kind of like a Kate Winslet Titanic situation. Too long of a story to get it in for you, Lisette. But yes, that is how I watched my husband die. But turns out it's all good because he, in real life, uh, he's played by an actor named Chris Noth. And it turns out he was horrible to a lot of women sexually. So yeah, that's long story short. That's the ring I'm wearing. And uh, we're like, okay, that's great. Um Lizette's like, cool. And then we cut to Charlotte. She's teaching her new trans son, Rock, who used to be her daughter. And, you know, they're going over stuff and and something about her bar mitzvah, like they're like his bar mitzvah. And she's like, we're having a day mitzvah, not at night. And then Rock goes to his room. And then Mario Cantone, the friend calls and she's like, can I bring a guy? You know, can I bring a guy to 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 say to dinner on Friday? Can I? And she's like, "Is it appropriate for kids?" And she's like, "I can't find his dick online, so I'm assuming he's good for children." <laughs> and then we hear a scream. We're like, "Ah!" And Mario's Mario Cantone's like, "Go, go! Somebody's getting murdered!" 
And Lily, her daughter, comes out. And she's like, I just got my period. And my period tracker on my phone says I'm going to get it on the 27th. And on the 27th is Sandra's swim party. And Charlotte's like, well, I mean, you know what? You can go. You either don't have to go to the party or learn to use a tampon. And she's like, I would die than rather use a tampon. And then Lily's like, shit, 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 shit. And then we cut to a chasing, you guys. Che Diaz, the world's best comedian ever. They're at like a little diner. Che and Miranda, Che's lady love. And Che goes, you look especially pretty tonight. Che lays it on thick. Smooth move right out of the gate from Che. You know, that you look especially pretty tonight means I want to put my fingers inside you and on the clitoral region. Um, (laughs) And then Miranda goes, well, and you look whatever gender positive compliment that you feel comfortable with. And then Che goes, you're a lot of fun, even with your clothes on. It's wild. Also, Miranda, what we know from her, she's famously not fun. She's not fun. And that wasn't even a fun comment. And Che's like, I'm supposed to be a world top-notch humorist. But I think your lame little joke right there was super fun. I love it. And uh, you're fun even with clothes on. And then that even gave me that image of them, like, of her, of Che, like, coming up from going down on Miranda last week. I still see it in my nightmares sometimes. Uh, and then a trans Asian girl and another girl come up and they're like, sorry to bug. We know you're eating dinner, but can we get a quick selfie, Che? We are huge fans. And, you know, Che's like, um, well, I'm eating, but OK, yeah, sure. And Miranda's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And they're like, are you famous, too? And she's like, nope, just the girlfriend. And we see Che clock that Miranda said girlfriend. Hmm. And then the uh, the trans girl says Che, you help me through some dark times. And they uh, they take a picture and then they look at it and they're like, no, again. And Miranda takes another picture. And then they're like, Che, you hooked up with our friend Melvin DeGaio. Oh, and you hooked up with our friend Aubrey from Twin Cities. Wow. Che is a fucking player. Like I said, it's Che Day every day. Which, by the way, you guys... Che Day merch. We have two Che Diaz shirts on SoBadIt'sGoodMerch.com. I think people think I'm actually joking about this when these are real shirts designed by the beautiful and talented Maritza Lopez. Get some So Bad It's Good merch today. I think there's 15% off this weekend. Unfortunately, Threadless, the price I don't love. And, and believe me, we aren't getting a lot of money from it. So we will eventually, I'm sure, switch that. Um, me and Maritza are already talking about that. But these are high-quality shirts. So if you want them and if you want to support the the show and getting the show larger, go over there. And, and there's also just So Bad It's Good t-shirts and all of that stuff. And I feel silly doing it, but it was just one of those things I'm also kind of proud of. So uh, I love saying that after I'm making fun of Che Diaz. I'm like, please support the podcast. Um, they're, uh, they're like, oh, my God. So Che's obviously fucking dudes and girls. And they leave, and, like, Miranda clocked that. I'm like, wow. And Che goes, so where were we, Miranda? And Miranda goes, we were having fun. (laughs) And then we cut to, like, a hopping nightclub outside. And her real estate friend, I think it's Nima or something, um, 
I think she's, is she Iranian? She's like a beautiful Iranian lady, I believe. Uh, she's been Carrie's new friend that's helping her like in real estate. She's kind of like filling the void of Samantha a little bit. So they walk in to get in line for this hopping nightclub. And uh, Carrie lets her know, like, you know, will you take a picture of this new ring Lisette gave me for my Instagram? And then she goes, I'm also wearing my wedding ring. Should I be wearing it anymore? And... You know, and he was like, I guess whatever's appropriate. It's how you feel about it. And she's like, I've, you know, and then and he was like, I've never had to bribe my way into a club, but I want to go dancing tonight because it's my birthday. And Carrie's like, why didn't you tell me? Are you kidding me? You're not bribing a doorman on your birthday. Let me handle this. And they go walk up to the bouncer and Carrie's like, we've all seen that scene in a movie where someone talks their way into a packed club. I've seen it. You've seen it. All my friends wants is to dance on her birthday. And the guy goes, sorry, we're at capacity. She's like, okay, so now we are doing this scene. And then they try to bribe him. And the bouncer's like, that's offensive. And then Nima's like, did I just get canceled by a doorman? No, you didn't. But you got canceled by the joke tellers of America because that's a horrible joke. Did I just canceled by a doorman? A doorman doesn't let you in is not the same as getting canceled in real life. I know you're trying to make a woke joke, but it just, it didn't, like, I know it's supposed to land on. I know we all get kind of what it means, but come on, it's a dumb joke. So they're at a cafe with a little piece of cake celebrating her birthday and she's, you know, talking about becoming 53, not 54, but, you know, she didn't meet a guy this year, but she made an amazing new friend, Carrie Bradshaw. And she's like, if I were looking at my life like an apartment I sell, I, I would say it's pretty luxe. Yeah, I don't have a fireplace, which is a guy, but I got everything else. And so then the lady agrees to drive Carrie the next day to paint uh, for that women's project at the houses. So then we cut to Ch- uh, Charl- uh, Charlotte. We cut to Charlotte, a uh, scene with them. Lily comes into the kitchen. Mom's getting ready for the Friday Seder dinner, I believe. And Lily's like, Mom, I'm ready. And she's like, for dinner? Great, let's get the water. And she's like, no, I'm ready to learn how to use a tampon. Now, folks at home, if you have any daughters right now that are going through uh, uh, the beginnings of their menstrual phase or period, like anything like that. Let's all learn together because this scene really helped me out with a lot of stuff. So I would love to be able to walk your daughter or anybody through. Uh, and also, you know, it doesn't even have to be something that's recently, you know, you might have watched this episode or hear this recap and realize you've been doing periods wrong the whole time. Like, I think now I could insert a tampon into myself. Uh, through my urethra if I really truly wanted to because based on the knowledge I found out from this show tonight um, also that line of joking might work for some people and also some people might really be turning off right now I'm so sorry Um, and Lily's like no now mom you need to teach me how to jam something into me now and she's like let's do it before I change my mind Um, so they go to the bathroom but uh, at first uh, you know the 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 hey what's going like the friend comes with his boyfriend justin and big dong harry you guys if you didn't see last week's episode harry charlotte's husband oh sorry mario cantone and his boyfriend justin mario cantone last week whipped out his dong and it was huge on sex in the city it was like boogie nights mark Wahlberg huge 
And so now, like, every time I see Harry in a scene, I get super intimidated. I'm like, damn, big dong Harry coming through. We did find out it was prosthetic penis, so it wasn't actually Evan Handler, the actor's penis. But Harry is packing. Like, Harry, like, it. it's like an earthquake when Harry moves in that apartment. It's like, dung, dung. Like a, is that an elephant? No, it's Harry and his huge dong coming through. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte's like, Harry, take the chala hala out of the oven, please, with the timer and get these men a drink. And so Harry's getting them a drink and they're like, hey, hey. And, and then Justin, Mario Cantone's date goes, is this a Jewish dinner? And they're like, yeah. And then he goes, you know, the Holocaust is a hoax, right? And then Mario Cantone goes, get out. It was a weird, weird joke. Like Mario Cantones, but it was a weird joke. Like, yeah, it highlights we live in a society where people like think and like weird things nowadays. But I thought it was a weird joke. And it was also weird because today was the anniversary of the Holocaust. And it's just so, I don't know, like that, that joke didn't sit well. I don't know. Uh, did it sit well for you guys or did you guys just, I read too much into this stuff, but I just thought it was just misplaced. I thought you could have gone a different way with that um and also the reality of that situation is just it would never happen that way somebody wouldn't be like this is a jewish dinner oh you know the holocaust is like you just wouldn't do that i don't you know anyways uh we cut to carrie uh in her uh apartment looking at uh big's ring and her ring and now she puts both of them on she puts big's ring and her ring on her finger cut back to charlotte teaching it she's like okay you've got to put in a tampon at the right angle you want it to go to the back like this and you guys i'm pointing at an angle right now and she's like not straight up like this and you guys now i'm pointing straight up and lily's like what we cut to Carrie outside the cafe of her date with the guy she threw up on his shoes and vice versa. And he gets out of the cab and she's already there. And he goes, ah, no fair. I was going to be the one who was weirdly early. And then he goes, I can uh, read facial cues. Are you about to tell me your dog ate your homework? Cause he's a teacher. And uh, he goes, we aren't going to have dinner tonight, are we? And she goes, Listen, instead of putting my ring away, I put on John's and I remarried myself with a Band-Aid. And then he's like, I get it. I get it. Maybe this thing is a Band-Aid for us, too, because it still hurts. And he's like, I still have. He takes out his phone. He goes, I still have Anne's last voicemail. I play it all the time. It's okay. And then he plays the voicemail and it's like, it's like, help me. Why do you have me in here? You're my husband. Please let me out. I'll do anything. And then he's like, oh, sorry. No, it, no, it's actually a very sweet moment. Um, and then uh, he's like, I get it. And then he goes, Carrie, that's strike two. One more and we're out. And he puts his hand out to shake her hand, but she pulls him in for a hug. It's sweet. And then she walks away and he goes, hey best re the best rejection i ever had cut to charlotte is still it must have been hours now charlotte is still teaching lily how to insert a tampon we might be into the next month at this point it might be years i don't know they don't specify time but she's like you're almost there just okay and you're gonna feel so good when it's done and now charlotte's demonstrating she's on the toilet she's like some people do one leg up on the toilet like this you know and there's only one hole it goes into and then she goes do you want 
me to show you how to do it on me. And then they're doing a shot of the dog, you guys. And the dog is just laying there as they're trying to jam things in their vagina. It's so funny. And then finally, they're watching a YouTube video. And then there's another shot of the dog. And then she's like, just relax all of your muscles. Picture butter melting and breathe. Picture butter melt. What is it like? Picture corn on the cob, rubbing it on a stick of butter. Like, what the fuck? Picture butter melt? Is butter melting like a relaxing thing? Like, if I picture butter melting, I picture my heart exploding. What do you t- just relax all of your muscles? Picture butter. Like, I genuinely, how do you women be women? Like, this sounds impossible. They make it sound impossible. Is this the hardest thing you've ever had? Is it like Tetris in there? Is it like just like do do boop do do boop 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 do do um, and then she goes, and then Charlie's like, just stick it up there. And then, um, rock knocks on the door. She's like, we're all hungry. And then we, uh, she finally gets it in and like, woo. And then we get to cut to the dinner table. They're all eating. Guess what guys? Burnt holla. Cause Harry, big dong, Harry couldn't run to the kitchen in time to put the timer off, I guess, because his dong is so huge and, you know, girthy and weighty that it takes him a while to get to the kitchen when the, the buzzer goes up. I, I don't know. Um, and, uh, Charlotte's like, I'm sorry that took so long. And Mario Cantone's like, I'm sorry I brought Justin. <laughs> we cut to Charlotte. Um, uh, sorry, we cut to Mar- Miranda. Miranda is at this walk-up apartment, knocks on the door, and guess who answers? Che Day, baby. Che Diaz. We are at the one and only Che Diaz, the funniest person that's ever been in the entire universe. It's Che's apartment. And Charlie knocks, uh, Miranda says, surprise, it's your new favorite person with your favorite cookies. And Che's like, did we have a plan to hang out? Did I space? And then just buckle up for this next line, folks. It's You're in for a ride. Miranda goes, I was studying at the library and craving me some Che. Craving me some Che. This weekend, if you guys are out and about, I want you to stop whatever you're doing at some moment and think, am I craving me some Che right now? Or am I gassy? What am I? What is this feeling? Am I nauseous or am I craving Che? Am I hungry or am I craving Che? Like there's so many different like, and if you like really think that through, I mean, because and by the way, sometimes you might actually be craving Che Diaz, but it uh, it was a very it was a, a image in my mind that I will not soon forget of this of Miranda at a library doing something library like, and then thinking of Che Diaz going down on her and then she then Brenda goes hello you and then kisses them and Che's like hi and Che goes okay and then Brenda's like this is awkward and then she's like someone's here oh my god oh my god you're not alone and Che's like someone is here me I'm here and I'm in the middle of writing and I'm the funniest stand-up ever <laughs> like by the way Miranda let her write for the rest of her life and hopefully she'll get a joke in there somewhere because my god it feels rushed rushed um and Chase like I kind of wish you texted or called I love the Chase like a purist like I'm working babe how dare you you think this fucking thing like I I'm spinning gold in here babe I'm I'm doing Che Diaz original material in here, 
babe. And then Miranda's like, ah, fine, I'll go. I'll go. This never happened. Oh, like all like nervous and like uncharted. Like she walks out and Chase's like, what the fuck? Miranda, stop. And then Miranda's like, sorry, have your night. I'm so fucking stupid. Who am I? Who am I? Am I Meg Ryan? Fuck. And Chase's like, why are you running away from me? Because I saw myself and heard myself. And now I want to get as far away as possible. And, uh, you know, if you were a guy, I was just started. Oh, yeah. Miranda goes, if you were a guy, I just started seeing, I would never do this, you know? And then Che goes, this isn't going to work. And Miranda's like, what do you mean this isn't going to work? It has to work, which is just so desperate. And Che goes, it's not going to work if you lock us into relationship tropes. I'm not a guy. You aren't my girlfriend and we aren't dating. And she's like, we're not? What are we doing? Che goes, we're getting to know each other. You and me. And then Miranda was like, I was trying to like ditch the script, you know, and be fun and flip the script and and do improv instead. And Che's like, please don't compare our relationship to improv. I suck at improv. I also suck at stand-up comedy. I suck at all things humorous. <laughs> and then Che's like, hey, 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 this is me and you, babe. Or you and me, if you want top billing. And then Miranda's like, I think I deserved it with that little sh- showing on the staircase. And then Che's like, to answer your questions. To, no, to answer your question, you are the only one I'm seeing right now. Smell my fingers. No. <laughs> Oh my god. And Che's like, please come upstairs. Let me go down on you. And she's like, no, because that's not what Meg Ryan would do. And then Che's like, well, what about the cookies? Can I have the cookies at least? And Miranda's like, no, I'm going to eat them on the ride home. So now we cut to Greenpoint. It's the big painting day that we've been talking about from the beginning. Seema, Carrie's friend, is there to work. We know Carrie's there to work because she's in painter overalls. And, um, they're talking about like uh why can't i be the white woman to just write a check and seems like yeah white women have it so hard these days uh she's like i'm gonna be the brown lady smoking writing a big fat check over there and then we see that steve you guys steve came and miranda's like of course you know we may be split up but we're still a family and uh carrie's like impressive and then miranda goes so is steve and then you know steve and the son get there and the son goes, what up, Farmer Joe, to Carrie? I guess they're, they're like, overly friendly. Like, I guess they're trying to show us how close they all are to Carrie. And Steve goes, look at Carrie. She means business in her overalls. <laughs> they're all dressing in such stupid fashion. The other girl, Naya, is in, like, the weirdest outfit I've ever seen. Naya's boyfriend, they've been together 15 years, he's wearing, like, these weird overalls and, like, a blue sequined hat that looks like Robin Hood. Like, I at one point was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, are we in, like, a Halloween scene? Like, it, it made no sense. The one girl that comes in, the Wexley girl that's friends with Charlotte that comes in in the second, she's wearing this outfit with all these pockets with, like, scissors and brushes in them. And it's, like, just for fashion, it was the weirdest. I don't... 
Like Old Navy doesn't have anything like that, you know? So uh, a limo pulls up, uh, like a, a prom limo, and Charlotte gets out, and she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, hi, hi, I'm Charlotte. This is Rock and Lily, and this is Lisa Todd Wexley and her children, and I guess they ordered, uh, uh, you know, an actual van, but they got this instead accidentally. Um, and then... Uh, Lisa Todd Wexley tells Naya, let me know if you need anything. She's like, well, if you can figure out how to get lunch for 100 people, our caterers canceled. And Lisa Todd Wexley's like, sure, let me see what we, we can do. Remember, she's rich. Um, so uh, the Naya, the teacher's boyfriend, is watching Lisa Todd Wexley's husband teach their kids how to paint. And it's, just, it's like literally like the guy's like, good painting there. Like, hey, be a little more careful. And then <laughs> Naya's boyfriend's like, that's some grade A fathering over there. <laughs> I just can't stop looking for his blue sparkly hat. It's so weird. And then he tells Naya, he's like, yo, there's no pangs when you see something like that. Like, that could be us. Remember, the last episode, they found out they couldn't have a child. Or they tried and they couldn't do it. So they were going to stop trying. Um, you know, and, and Naya's like, yo, like, they they came in a limo. They probably have three nannies. They aren't still renting. They have a place. And he's like, why are you bringing me down? Why are you bringing the vibe down, Naya? Uh, Charlotte overhears. Uh, sorry, Miranda overhears. And Naya's like, you know, God, that the switch was just flick, flicked. You know, he can't accept our life. And then he sees a minivan commercial and he tears up. And... Miranda's like, hey, I'm programmed to be a girlfriend, and I keep checking my phone to see if they're going to text me. They is Che, remember? Cut to Seema smoking down the road. This guy, greasy guy with, like, a nice car pulls in. He's like, hey, what's up with all the tables and trucks? Crap everywhere. She's like, why are you asking me? Because you look like a bus. And she goes, you got that right. What is this mess doing on my street? And she's like, oh, you're this street? Okay. And she's like, no, all of these things. They're in the way of my club. And now he starts smoking. And she's like, is it a good club? He's like, hottest club in Brooklyn. And she goes, says you. And by the way, this is where in the old uh, Sex and the City, this would be a Samantha scene. And it would cut to them fucking in the nightclub right now. You know I'm telling the truth, you guys. That's not even trying to make a joke. We cut to Steve and Carrie are painting together alone. And this is the Steve Carey scene. He goes, hey, uh... How long did you know about it? And Carrie goes, I, I think last week. And he goes, no, I mean, you know, you know about her and, and this, this Che. And she's like, oh, um, you know, I guess I, I, and he goes, yeah, oh, don't, don't, don't she work at your podcast right now? So did you, did you introduce them? And she goes, shit, Steve, this is just so... No, 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 no. No need to be uncomfortable. No, no. I'm just trying to get some info. This, this whole thing came up pretty damn fast, you know? Can you help me out here? Come on, Carrie. And she goes, I really had absolutely nothing to do with, to do with it. Okay, but uh, did you know Miranda wanted to be with women? I mean, did she, did she ever say anything about... Uh, Wanting to get finger banged by a woman? And Carrie's like, no, she never said that. And really, all I know is what she said to me. And what's that? Well, that it's not about being with women. It's about being with Che. 
So that's all I can say. By the way, that's just like, imagine losing someone to Che Diaz. Like, by the way, Che Diaz, very beautiful them, but a horrible stand-up comedian. Uh, and he goes, okay, um, but uh, how long ago did this thing start? You know, um, and they're like, but, and then she also all of a sudden steps in paint. She's like, oh shit. He's like, sorry. Oh, sorry. See, I, sorry. She's like, I got to go wash it off. I go, you know, she hops away and then Carrie's washing her shoe off. And then wouldn't you know what? She spills, uh, Mr. Big's ring down the drain. She's like, ah, Steve, Steve, help. And he comes, he's like, what's the matter? And she's like, I had a bandaid on it and his ring slipped down. And he's like, okay, it's most likely in the trap. You know, we'll open it up and we'll see. We cut to Charlotte painting and Lily comes up to her and she's like, my tampon string is gone. And she's like, honey, you're just having some trouble finding it. And she's like, it's gone. And then they have to go to the port porta potties. And we see that Lisa Wexler got all these food tricks, food trucks there so she can feed the workers. Great. We cut to Steve opening the pea trap to find the ring. And he's like, he goes, there it is. And he holds it up to her. And it's very romantic. And I, in that moment, I was like, Carrie, fuck Steve. Like, sleep with Steve, please. He's a good man. He needs a good romp to, like, say, like, imagine if Steve really got good sex. He'll be like, oh, why was I all hung up on Miranda? I don't even like ice cream. We're having dessert. I don't even. I don't even like TV. I I can actually hear. I was pretending I had a hearing problem this whole time. Um, so um, we go back out to Charlotte, and she's like, "It's usually in your tushy crack. That's where the string is." And I, is that true, ladies? When you're on your days. So, and also, this is something I also want to share with you, ladies. I don't know if you're aware of it. There are pads and then there are tampons. They're two different things. The pad, I think, I think it, I think it like, adhe- like there's like an adhesive grip and you just put it there and it like sticks to your skin and it like plugs it up, I think. And then you put underwears on, but the tampon you put in. But I think the tampon is more effective. But the pad is just like, maybe it's for like lighter flow days. I don't know. This is just, I'm trying to share what I know about it with you guys. But I guess the string always hides in your tushy crack. And Lily is hyperventilating. Like Lily is just a handful, you guys. Uh, cut to all the three la- three ladies eating. Charlotte comes up to the ladies uh, eating and she's like, Lily's finally wearing a tampon and she can't find the string. And Miranda's like, my mom never taught me. And Naya's like, uh, no one even wore one in my household. And Miranda at this point gets a call from Che. And Carrie's like, you're not going to answer? And she's like, no, I've been too available lately. And Carrie's like, oh, now now you're doing dating rules? And she's like, I've been too available. And then she goes, oh, why didn't they leave a voicemail? Um, which is like, but also that's, that, that scene was weird to me about being like Che into like talking about Che with Miranda. Cause Carrie just talked to Steve about Miranda and Che. And I feel like I want Carrie to take a little bit more of Steve's side, you know? So then we cut to the, uh, the African-American couple, Naya and Andre, and they're talking about the child again. And 
Naya saying, hey, have you met us, Andre? Our entire 15 years has been about me and you. And he's like, am I not allowed to pivot and want a child? And she's like, a child is not a pivot. And <clears throat> and she goes, Andre, don't make this miracle of us finding each other not enough, which is a great line. And she goes, what? Just say it. And he goes, I feel that I want one, a child. And I don't know if I should be working so hard to talk to myself, talk myself out of that. And she sighs and he walks away. So we cut to Charlotte outside the porta potty and we hear Lily go, I found it. I found it. And then she goes, I need help pulling it out. I feel like I'm pulling out my insides every time. And then Charlotte's like, I draw the line at pulling out your tampon string. Charlotte is learning to set boundaries. It's so important in motherhood. Um, and then she walks out and Lily gets out the door and she sees, she goes, mom, mom. And Charlotte's like, no, I'm not talking to you. And we see from the back that Charlotte has a big tomato stain where her underpants are. There's a big red tomato or ketchup stain there. I thought that at first, but turns out Charlotte got her period, even though she said she was going through menopause. And I guess being a mother got her all like hormones, like fired up again. And then Carrie and Miranda see her like, they're like, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Oh my God. Cause Charlotte doesn't know. And so they wrap her up in a jacket and they're like, Charlotte, you got a flash period. And a flash period is where that little, the fast man in the red suit from the justice league, the fast on flash. No, the flash period, I guess is just a fast. I don't know what it is. Anyways, Miranda says, yeah, I had one. It happened to me once arguing a case in court and I, all the people looked at my ass and I repressed that memory. It was the OJ trial where that happened. Um, Samantha, by the way, if Samantha was in the scene, I was picturing what she would say. She was like, I'm not the only one seeing red. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to Carrie and Steve. Steve brings her coffee and he's like, here you go. Uh, How's your heart rate after you got you found your ring? She's like, it's better. Thank you. Sorry, I just panicked. And he's like, I get it. I get it. And then he points to his ring on his finger. And he goes, this ring, this ain't never coming off. I don't care what Miranda does till death do us part. And Carrie's like, what about you? You're such a wonderful, wonderful person. Don't you maybe want to find someone at some point? And he goes, never coming off. Never. Steve, God love him, is an idiot. <laughs> like, honestly, that's your spot. Uh, Steve, she doesn't love you. She doesn't want to. Eh, I, I, I'm not going to listen to it. Uh, we're still married. Yeah. In heaven, I'm going to get her back. I'm going to get her back. Like, also, I was like thinking, like, is it like if this was like a drama it would like he. I was like, oh my god, is he gonna try to kill Che Diaz or like murder suicide or something? Like, till death do us part, Miranda. Till death do us part, and that comes now. But he's so damn sweet and just like a Bambi, you know. Um, we cut to Carrie taking off Big's rig finally and her ring, and he she sees how they fit in each other, and she puts them in the box and puts them away. And then Carrie texts Peter, the teacher, and goes up for strike three. And he's like, can you send me a nude? No, he doesn't do that, but that would have been funny. So then the last scene is we cut cut to a packed nightclub again. Nima and Carrie walk up, and guess what? That that guy that Nima was flirting with the other day, he's there, and he's like, welcome, buff. Come right in. And he lets them right in, and she goes, and just like that, 
I was up for a dance. And then the song, like, oh, oh, leave the light on. Oh, oh, leave the light. Oh, my God, you guys. We did two hours, but hey, I skipped an episode this week, so wanted to give you a, a nice long one. I really should put some of this on the Patreon instead of giving it for free. But I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it wasn't too raunchy or maybe it wasn't raunchy enough. Who knows? But I hope, as always, you have the best weekend. I hope you have good food, good drink. You're around people that you love. You don't get into any fights. You get to kiss somebody. You get to have a dance. You get to have a laugh. You get to watch TV, read a book, listen to good music, hang out with your families, your beautiful kids, uh, your beautiful husband or wife or both or whatever. I hope you have a weekend that you will look back on and say that. Now, that was a good weekend. Um, And thank you for letting me be a part of your weeks. I will talk to you bright and early on Monday. And if there's ever anything that you can do for me, it's just that leave me a positive review five stars on apple Podcasts and spotify um if there's ever anything that you think you can do to help me please just go ahead and do it uh you can join my patreon anything i hope i hope we're in the right direction folks i really do i hope this is happening um i'll talk to you guys bright and early on monday goodbye it's 3 a.m betches